0: Welcome to Periods, Poos and Pimples. My name is Jacinta and I'm the founder and nutritionist of Avenda Women's Health, an online clinic specializing in all things skin, gut and reproductive health. This podcast is for all women who have ever had some level of confusion in regards to their health, whether you're battling with a skin condition, menstrual cycle disorder, fertility issues, or gut issues, and you just want to understand what is going on and what you need to do from people who know what they're talking about. In each episode, I'll be speaking with experts in the realm of women's health to give you the highest level of education that you'll need to develop a deeper connection with yourself and your body. Although this information will be super insightful. This information is not for diagnostic or treatment purposes and please ensure you speak with your medical professional before implementing any treatment protocols. Please do keep in mind as we may refer to research or specific pathophysiology of conditions when we're referencing male or female it is specific to the gender that's assigned at birth and pronouns used are specific to the individual discussed. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to you joining us on this journey. In today's episode, I'm joined by qualified naturopath, yoga teacher, and Reiki healer, Laura. From a young age, Laura has understood the mind-body connection and the effects that one's lifestyle can have on how they feel both physically and mentally. Drawing from all her modalities whilst keeping up to date with the latest scientific research, Laura is here today to share her knowledge on all things related to a woman's libido. So thank you for joining us today and delving into this topic with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very excited. My pleasure. So can we start off with what a definition of what libido actually is? Okay. So libido, when we think about
1: libido, we can think about sex drives. So sex drives in terms of like sexual arousals. So whether that is feelings of feeling like you want to be touched or you want to touch someone else or engage in sexual uh, activities. And then there's also, it can be in like, there's arousal as well. So the ability to be, to be able to be aroused. So to mm-hmm. either have an erection or to be able to stimulate like sexual fluids to, yeah, lubrication for the female as well. So when we think about libido, we can think about those two sort of definitions mm-hmm. and where they sit. There's no one size fits all. So Mm -hmm. as well, so when we think about libido, it's not like I should be thinking about sex 10 times a day and performing, you know, X amount of times per week. Everyone's individual, so it's where you sit as an individual. But it is a good marker to know, you know, if things have dropped, if, you know, you once were quite, you know, aroused Mm -hmm. um, and then – Suddenly, you know, actually, no, I don't want to be touched. I'm not thinking about sex; it's the last thing on my mind. So, as a healthcare professional, a practitioner, it's it's a good it's a good marker of health and vitality.
0: So, mm-hmm. absolutely, and like you know, most people would know it is probably one of the best ways to kind of relieve your stress response too. Yeah. So, it's like if your body's kind of not wanting that in any way, there's got to be some obstacles to you being able to experience that exactly exactly so yeah when we when we are having sex we are feeling
1: like yeah exactly and then just um the body not feeling like it it wants to reach that then it can add into that stress that pro-inflammatory sort of yeah. uh, that we can go into a bit later on yeah yeah.
0: absolutely so is there a, is there something that's drawn you to work with clients specifically on libido i know you work a lot in men's libido but also in women's libido so is there something in particular that, like this is why i do this work so it came about
1: because I was treating a lot of uh, patients, female patients with recurrent se- um, herpes, thrush, BV, mm-hmm. urinary tract infections, and mm-hmm. just noticing the, the impact it's having on their mental health, uh, which can then go into their sexual health and then into their sexual relationships and then their partners. So it's just kind of it was all encompassing. So just treating a lot of female patients, that yeah, with these conditions, and then having the You know, mental aspect, an emotional aspect that was also feeding into this, and then working energetically, say through Reiki. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always some sort of trauma I've found as well. So some, not all, but some women that will be reoccurring um, thrush or conditions like that. If we break it down, we've done lots of treatment, and then talking about a little bit more, there might be some, like there might be some trauma behind sex. It might be in a relationship that's not serving them, or. Yes, whatever it is. So then, you know, moving into work through body work as well. This is, yeah, yeah where it's coming kind of about. And then a lot of um, my male patients as well, they might be on you know, statins and things like that. And that's in performance. Mm-hmm. So it can be, yeah, kind of through medications as well as a, mm-hmm. as a result.
0: I love how you talk about it from an aspect of it's a marker of health, almost Mm. like we think of our period as almost like our report card of how our body's doing, but libido being that marker of health. And it it reminds me of a case that I've had with a client who had amenorrhea because of changes in her body composition as she was doing a comp and Mm. had amenorrhea for quite a while. And then because she started to have sex again after years, got her period yeah it's like is that purely just because of the impact that it's bringing to your body in the sense of like we're saying with the stress response but also just letting the guard down bringing like bringing the endorphins in Mm. um, and everything that kind of comes from that in itself for sure 100% even we can even know within ourselves like if we're in
1: a relationship, especially a new one and exciting. We feel good, you know, we're mm-hmm. releasing all these feel-good hormones and then somehow chronic conditions, even pain can start dropping down. So, yeah, working both ways and, yeah, where to start. But I think having a good level of, of health, you know, and then you can start and Then sexual health starts to kind of, yeah, yeah libido will start to improve as well. Improve.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the key signs that you then usually look for that can show that, an individual might have an unhealthy libido and are there some things that you're often ticking off in terms of saying, yeah, well, okay, you have a healthy libido. So I will genuinely ask as
1: well, I'll ask people, what's their libido? Has there been any changes? Mm -hmm. So most people that come to see an acrobat as well, most of the time they're coming for long chronic conditions. So they've been chronically unwell for quite a a while, Um, a lot of mental health or digestive health. So, As well, like a lot of anxiety, depression, things like that. It's kind of, it's hard to get in that sexual headspace mentally and physically when we're, when we're, when we're really anxious all the time. Same with digestive issues as well. So if someone's bloating all the time, they've got flatulence, it's quite offensive smelling, diarrhea, uh, constipation. They're not really sexy sort of conditions Mm. having. So that they can, people can be in all this, you know, yeah, or we might, I might mention things about libido, and they, oh, it's it's just not happening. No, no, no. Like, I just don't want anyone to touch me. I don't feel comfortable. I'm not sure how my body's reacting, how it's responding right now. Or that yeah, people are single as well, and there's like that's the last thing I, I want is is to even engage in a relationship in a sexual way or give self sexual pleasure as well. So I feel like yeah, where people are kind of coming and these conditions as well, like crush, BV, herpes. It's just your body's way. It's, like, I don't, it's an almost like a, don't, a no-go zone when we're in a current flare-up as well. So just understanding if someone's been suffering, let's say, for years, mm-hmm. it's unlikely that, yeah, putting it together that their sex life is usually suffering as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then I guess the thing that I kind of want to debunk is what people assume to be a healthy kind of libido. Like, yeah. you know, I guess some people probably think, okay, I need to feel like I want to jump on someone every day or every five minutes, like, you know, and it doesn't have to necessarily be the case, but I think it's important for us to maybe like debunk some of those things that, you know, both men and women kind of believe about the way that they should feel. Yes. I think um,
1: they can also be, so people can be like almost like, like sex addicts as well. So mm-hmm. we've got, that kind of and just touching on that a little bit that's usually people with like addiction sort of patterns as well so that's that dopamine so that's that you know constant need for that dopamine hit 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 hit, hit. so these are people that are usually unfaithful in relationships they might be seeking like um you know sexual health um, sex workers to supplement their relationship as well so these people have got a condition that's a bit separate to something say like a lower libido so um, we'll focus more so on the lower libido side, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is something yep. too that can be something more like that addictive pathway. So that's that like dopamine. So working more so with neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people like with the I say like a normal healthy libido. I think that depends on who you're in a relationship with. You might have matching libidos, and you might be having sex multiple times a day, and that's that's working for both of you, and mm-hmm. you're both feeling good with that. Uh, Or it could be a couple of times a week, or it could be once a week. It might not be an engagement of actual sexual intercourse. It might be holding hands or, you know, just feeling the desire to, to give someone a massage or Mm. or whatever it is. So there's different levels of, of that as well, which I think is really important. Um, there's, like I said, I don't think there's a right answer. There's just, I don't think there's a typical answer. There's no criteria. No criteria. It's just how you are. And I think just knowing how you are inside yourself, I think you're the best gauge of whether your libido's gone up or down. Mm. um because you know you know what what you can base yourself on things i
0: think like everything things come in waves as well i absolutely i was just going to say that like you know it's the way that you're feeling in one particular situation with your libido can be completely different to even four weeks later when you've got like an intense amount of stress maybe in a different part of your cycle maybe you're about to get your period so you're feeling sore so you kind of want to be a little bit more yeah like a hermit you don't kind of want to be touched but they're almost kind of, well, I guess valid reasons, you know, before your period comes, you're probably like, cool, I just kind of want my own little space and that's that's okay. It doesn't mean it's unhealthy. It just means that you're respecting your body and what you need during that period of time. Yes, um, and Some, a lot of people actually do
1: find that they get a higher libido just before their period. Mm, <laughs> so even that, so even yeah. that, everybody like very, very, is so different. So, yeah, as we you know, the hormones, which are the like, health uh nice. they fluctuate, so they're yeah. having an impact. But exactly all of our environmental impacts will also be having an impact on that as well. So, And everything's changed in the world. You know, even just touching on a bit about, like, the lockdown. So a lot of people mm-hmm. have been, as a repercussion, have kind of suffered from... Lack of intimacy, so scared to touch people. So as well. So just there's a lot of things that have been impacting, I think, especially now and just how our world is now. We're just so go, go, go on the screen. Feel everyone feels like they don't have time that I feel like libido is almost at the bottom bottom of our healthcare tick basket and just touching on a little bit on males, a lot of males suffer with low libido too. I think there's a big stigmatism it's mm. always females, males always ready to go. And that's absolutely not oh, true. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so good that you highlighted those two aspects of like arousal and desire mm. um, because like, you know, then I guess there's different things that could, ch- that, Ah, uh, important to address because you might have the desire, but not, not might not have that arousal. Yes, exactly, exactly, and that's where things sometimes where medications' side effects can
1: can come into play. So, mm. yeah, yeah. So just always wanting to increase things like you know blood circulation, especially in that microvascular area. So mm. you know, pro nitric oxide producing foods, things like that, you know, that are really good or herbs that are great for kind of really helping that body just to kind of get that blood flowing.
0: Oh, yeah. mm. So you mentioned a few things that can really impact a woman's libido in terms of their infections. Yeah. Um, but let's delve into some other factors. So what are some key things that you noticed that are really important to screen that can be impacting a woman's libido? And if you want to touch on a little bit about infections in more detail. Yeah. So
1: I think, yeah, stress obviously has been number one. There's lots of lots of studies as well that are just showing impact on stress and what that does to our um, libido. So stress can be in terms of um, like work stress, like in external stresses. So even just where you live, you know, you might have a barking dog all night long or whatever it is. It might be something that's externally can be stressing us. Yeah, work stress, things like that, financial stress. Uh, even being sick, that's a form of stress in the body too. So if we're sick and we've been sick for quite a while with these low-grade infections or, or whatnot um, or an acute infection, this can all impact on our libido too. So having a yeah healthy healthy environment um, externally and internally is, is mm-hmm. really important. And, yeah, just um, screens as well, screen time, you know, just that feeling of lack of time um Putting ourselves last, or yeah, using Netflix instead of you know maybe reconnecting with yourself in the bath or something like you know just don't think we yeah just spending time in front of the mirror, plucking your eyebrows, whatever it is, something little, <laughs> or even painting your fingernails, just kind yeah. of you know coming back inside just to your body as well, and just also respecting the body. The body changes, so different lives. I've got a, quite a few patients going through menopause and body composition, mm-hmm. so body starts changing. Don't and also their hormones are dropping you know, yep. dramatically as well. So they're more prone to UTIs because even the, the anatomy is changing. So, so many things to consider just through that
0: time mm. as well and just understanding what's going on in your body during these times too. Mm-hmm. And I think something that you mentioned in terms of like actually just slowing down and doing the self-care, mm-hmm. I think is such an important thing because even if you think about the whole thing of like, you know, tantric, um, yeah. And, like, that's all kind of just about, like, slowing down, enjoying the process, kind of that build up to yes. it and how important that is. And I think that would definitely change someone's libido, wouldn't it? Because it's like if, they, if they're if they kind of, you know, they might be in a dynamic with a partner or maybe even someone that's not their partner but they're very currently sleeping with them and they don't have that same kind of desire in mind of foreplay or they don't have that mm-hmm. same desire in terms of, you know, having that build up then I guess that would drastically change your libido. Definitely. And I think that's
1: what it is. People feel like they don't have time. They don't have mm. time for this. So it's like, well, we, you've got time to watch an episode for the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got time to just build a connection. And I think that's where we touch, just even light touch, just breathing back-to-back, people just back-to-back breathing, feeling what bodies move, you know, that can just be a form of intimacy.
0: Mm, just becoming um, in tune with their energy and yeah, their
1: body, exactly, exactly, and just communicating, communicating with the partner as well. What what you want, what you need, what you like, what you don't like. I think these are really empowering things to do for both both people in the relationship, um, because everyone likes different things, and sometimes we don't like the things we used to like. <laughs> we yes. evolve, we change. So I think communication and just spending time, yeah, and prioritizing that as a part of a healthcare routine as
0: well absolutely and i think the body dysmorphia is such a massive one because if you don't have that connection with your body of feeling comfortable in your skin then you probably don't feel that space to actually want to open up to allow anyone else into that space either and i think that's probably where it's like that whole psychology behind it um and that whole mind body stuff like we mentioned in the intro about how important that is to bring that to the forefront of your mind because if that's then impacting your libido then that's that's more on that psychological or emotional level even i'm sure like the reiki and stuff will help with that yeah. kind yeah. Of, side of things as well even
1: just exercise in itself as well so people we all you know you know how you feel after like a club whatever exercise that you're doing you know hmm. breathing better postures better just feeling better just kind of sets you up for a really good day you've released all these fantastic feel-good hormones yeah. so so just, you know, getting the body moving in that way as well. And then, you know, we you instantly start feeling better when you start exercising and eating. Absolutely. Better. Yeah. yeah. It, it takes time, obviously, to, you know, if you're wanting to change how you look on the outside, you know, give it a couple of months. But we can almost instantly know how we feel. And yeah. that can change dramatically. So just little, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that comes with that body. Yeah, how you're look, feeling is opposed to how you see yourself in the mirror. I think yes. it's a lot bigger weight on it, on that psychological aspect, especially, yeah, for females as well. We can be so in our head mm-hmm. that we can just figure, focus on one aspect of the body that we say we don't like and no one else can even see it and notice it yeah. so that just destroy any chance of even climaxing because we're just thinking about, oh, my God, can he see my food? <laughs> my stretch oh, mark. Or my yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever it is that's that's trapping your your headspace in, in a loop, but this can all come back to you know like that looping headspace can kind of we can link these things back to then you know it's got an, again it's these neurotransmitters that can come mm. back to gut health and all these sorts of stuff. So that's again that whole body health. So we start calming down some of these thought processes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And how about in terms of uh, vaginal dryness? Because I guess that might be a factor for a lot of women that might be even on the pill. They might be experiencing the vaginal dryness, and I know that's such a common symptom. Like I see so many clients that are like, my libido is fine, but when I was on the pill, it wasn't great. Yep. Yes,
1: so exactly. That's a very it's, – it's a stopping point, isn't it? So this is where something that we may have the desire – but or the arousal, but then the desire part, you know, might be aroused to feeling like we want to have sex, but mm-hmm. then the vagina is quite dry. So I think it's where lubricants might really come into play as well. Um, think more water-based ones, to natural ones with the least amount of things in there to disrupt the environment of the microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, using things, yeah, like a lubricant is is like if you're on the pill for whatever reason, you're on some medications, or you're going through uh, changes of of men- through menopause that's what's going to happen so yeah. just understanding that's what the body's doing Happened. and where yep. to support the body yeah coconut oil i like that it's really
0: good yeah <laughs> absolutely and i think even like there's that fennel oil that's made from one of those companies now that you can yeah. actually use topically on the area to help with supporting like in any kind of form of atrophy or anything that might yeah. be happening great um, in the vagina yeah i'll send it yeah. through it's actually yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i've given it to some of my clients but really great for supporting just the vaginal dryness yeah
1: because so, we, when the vagina is dry we're more susceptible to infections as well so mm-hmm. keep that in mind too so you know when if we're not aroused in that way it's moment one one's painful <laughs> so we're, enjoyment aspects kind of not really there anymore if it's if it's hurting and then we're more prone to say yeah we're more prone to thrush things like that and mm-hmm. be, so really
0: keeping the yeah keeping your body well lubricated do you feel like you're at your wits end with trying to find a solution for your acne? We know it can be so frustrating when the only treatment you've been offered is Roaccutane, Doxycycline or the pill. But every time you get off, you're back at square one. We know the foolproof and flawless formula that works and we have it all in a six month program just for you. That's half a year of one-on-one support with a skin specializing naturopath. You'll have all the testing, fortnightly check-ins, meal plans, 12 plus hours of educational content. You name it, we cover it. Head to our website to book in a discovery call to get you signed up for our next intake of the acne solution. So what are some strategies that you then use for women that have recurrent infections, like some practical things that they can kind of take away from this, that they're like, right, I keep getting thrush, I keep getting BV, I, um, I'm i worried about, you know, getting something from a partner. Like what are some strategies that you can kind of implement so you can have a healthy libido and, you know, try to work towards, you know, reducing these likelihoods of infections?
1: Yeah. Um, I think if you're in a relationship and you've got a or a partner or you are you do have a partner that uh, yeah a partner treat the partner as well mm-hmm. so that always get, kind of gets missed as well so if you've got something Very like fresh or be yeah for your you're you can reinfect you can be reinfecting so always treat mm-hmm. the partner there's great topical creams like the Coralex one I really like um mm-hmm. the in there that's something that you know that the partner can use as well um same with toys, make sure if you're cleaning them as well, make sure you mm-hmm. so keeping that hygiene up, make sure you're cleaning. Um and taking a bit of a break as well, letting the vagina heal. Mm-hmm. So not putting anything in there. Every time something's going in there, a foreign object where it's disrupting that microbiome. So obviously if you're treating it and you treating also get tested. Just number one, I think make sure yeah. you know what you've got. I think yeah. people We've got a condition. It might be something else. I think time it like just get tested. Mm-hmm. So then you know exactly what's going on, what what mm-hmm. you're treating. There's some great tests now. You can go to the GP and just get a standardised one or, you know, we've got those really good more, you know, pH, um, you know, really in-depth. So I think number one, treating, knowing getting tested and then treating mm-hmm. what it is. Working with a practitioner, uh, whether it be through herbs or supplements or whatnot, um, probiotics, things like that. So working through your treatment, but I think just having at least a week off getting that, you know, because the cells replicate so rapidly, mm-hmm. so especially in the healing as well. So just give it time to just, you know, settle and heal. Um, and, yeah, be well lubricated as well. So, again, we mentioned if it's a bit dry, then it's got more, more friction that can cause, that can disrupt the cells. And um, just diet, yeah, diet, yeah. Just working, working with your practitioner, and taking a break. If stuff, things starts to flare up again, just, just, or just stepping back. And also, mm-hmm. quite a few patients report back, especially when they've got thrush, that they will stick their fingers in to kind of scrape it out. I really highly mm-hmm. recommend don't do that. Um, yeah. Also, uh, washing with just water. Don't mm-hmm. use things like Femfresh and deodorizers and things like that. Stay away from those products. You, uh, wear cotton um, underwear or bamboo and just really loose-fitting clothes, especially yep. post-exercise, uh, get that lacquer off immediately. Don't even wear it. We're like, wear loose cotton pants even if you're bringing up a sweat. If you've got that sweaty environment, it's just adding mm. adding fuel to the fire. Uh, sleeping with no underwear on when you're in bed, make sure you're not getting overheated in bed, even having mm-hmm. a door in between the knees to kind of give aeration in that space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just keeping keeping it flowing. <laughs> um, yeah. Keeping airflow as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And how about condoms as well? Because some yes, actually yes, feed yes. Um, infections through, don't they? Because 100%. of like, the things that are added to it. Yes, exactly, exactly. So anything
1: going in there, we want to make sure it's. it's yeah. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Women can be. Some women can just say, "I get crushed every time I use a condom, so I don't wear mm. condoms." So mm-hmm. then you're putting yourself more at risk of other sexually transmitted diseases, just because you. T- yeah, I hear that quite a lot as well. Yeah, there's some. Brands, I know one week, talk about brands or yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Johnny's condoms, they're really great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're really good. So, um, low irritant form okay.
0: Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I'll even put like together a little list and put it in the show notes for people that have yeah. reoccurring infections and are struggling with their libido. So, they've got some resources there yeah. that are available yeah. for them. Yeah, but yeah. But I just, love the idea about, like you said, treating the partner. Treating the partner. And that,
1: yeah. So important. Even if it's a casual partner or a semi casual partner, like, treat that partner. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> it's, yeah. Not, it's, yeah. But yeah. Even though they might not be presenting, they might be carrying them as well. So, and things like BV, you know, people think that that's an STI. Whether it is or isn't, it's a bit questionable. Um, they've done studies where nuns have shown that they've had it. So, whether it is or it isn't. Yeah. yeah. But again, that's one that can kind of, that kind of goes hand in hand with like recurrent thrush, that whole, that
0: cycle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah you get thrush, then you get period, and then you get BV. Very and, nice. and I guess that's where the hormones come into it, doesn't it? And like exactly. it's so interesting because I've had like, I'll sometimes ask my clients in consults, I'll be like, so any symptoms around ovulation, they're like, Oh my God, I, my libido was through the roof. I'm like, I wouldn't really say that's a symptom. That's just like (laughs) (laughs) something that's like, (laughs)
1: but
0: but it's so interesting how some people can be like, okay, like what's wrong with me? Why do I have such a high libido around ovulation? It's like, well, that is the time that is the fertile window, even though you don't, you might not want to have a baby. That's what the body's doing at that particular point. So it makes sense that your body wants to engage exactly like and during think, that period of time
1: yeah and just knowing that i think we just don't know what our cycles mean and what they do mm-hmm. and people that are on iud so don't even have a cycle so yeah. that's just uh, yeah just understanding the natural rhythms of the body just like seasons as well so mm-hmm. seasonally, we'll be feeling different you know libidos in different in swing with seasons yes. um but also understanding too that our libido is a marker that represents our reproductive health so when we're Unwell when we're sick, um, one of the first symptoms to shut down is our reproductive system. Mm. So if we're not well, uh, we won't be feeling like we want to have engage in sex because our body we're not we're not equipped to have a baby. Yeah. So yeah. just respecting where you're sitting with that too. If you've been unwell for quite a long time, or you know you're you're malnourished in different terms of you know by underfeeding or not feeding fitting yourself with enough nutrients, you know, this can all play effect in it too. The neurotransmitters in our gut with the gut health. So, yeah, that's where it just becomes a, that good marker of health.
0: Yeah. Right. And I know you mentioned before about gut health and you, how you said, you know, some people that, you know, they might be gassy or they might have no. like they're feeling <laughs> constipated. Um, like, you know, I'm sure we've all been there. I'm just like, okay, I've eaten too much. No one touched me. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But, how can someone's digestive health, like what other ways have you noticed that it can impact someone's libido? And also where does vitality come all into into all of this as well? But,
1: so with so the two separate things, so I feel like but I feel like libido does is a bit of a marker of health as well. Just. Hmm. It, like yeah libido and vitality kind of go hand in hand like how vital are you like what is someone's vitality you can almost see someone's vitality can you yes. see someone's libido no not really it's a bit harder to measure because everyone's different but just seeing how someone even just presents themselves like how are they sitting mm-hmm. how are they standing how are they carrying themselves you know how much uh, how much eye contact are people making just in general mm-hmm. like you could almost see it in people you know how how are they feeling about themselves yes. in the world so if someone's sitting like this, you know, and they're not really making eye contact, they're usually people not that are like this, you know, libido might be a bit lower on that sort of list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just that's where I kind of link the two is just seeing, yeah. you know, it doesn't, yeah, it's hard to measure. <laughs> yeah. But,
0: yeah, and then what was the other question? <laughs> oh, about the gut health. But do on, um, the, on the topic actually of vitality before we jump into yeah. the gut, I guess, do you think this is where it kind of stems in like people's dissatisfaction with like maybe their world and like, you know, dissatisfaction with like work or they're like, if they feel like they're not accomplishing or achieving things overall, that would reduce their vitality and maybe not want them to feel like they (laughs) want to have sex. Comes back down to stress, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, how are they how stressed today
1: and what, what what is the stress? Is it an internal stress or is it an external stress? Is it an emotional stress? Is it a trauma that you're also carrying around that could be related to sexual abuse? Mm-hmm. That you all might be not wanting to engage in sex? Or you've or for religious reasons or or whatever it might be that you might have a stigma against sex and feeling you don't feel comfortable enjoying sex. These mm-hmm. things also might be contributing to your sex drive. So, yeah, I think it's so multi, compl- it's just complicated and so, so many layers and everyone's so different and, you know, yeah. So I people that have been abused, when mm. sexually abused, they might, you know, they're not, they can, can stick with people through their life. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of working through traumas and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And how do you find that? Modern day living is really impacting our libido, like even with like social media or like porn. Yeah, exactly. Great question. I think it's just having such a detrimental effect
1: mm. on libido. Um, We're becoming more and more singular, you know, and just behind a screen. Mm. Social interactions are becoming less and less and less. Touch is becoming less and less and less. We were so scared to touch people a few years ago, you know, get away from me. Um, That has an impact. a massive impact on society. So people are not dating as much. People are now Mm -hmm. dating through apps. You know, people, it's just I think that human contact as well, human touch too might just be a hug. People are starving of affection, Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, if you're not in touch with your body, no one's touching you, you're not touching yourself, then where does libido come into this as well? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just modern living is just geared up for just go, go, go. It's so sympathetic nervous system dominated which is just doesn't leave much room for libido where libido we're thinking more of that parasympathetic that's our rest and digest this is our pleasure seeking sorts of behaviors that are kind of that healthy nourishing pleasure seeking behaviors you know it's it's giving us energy it's it's giving us vitality it's it's um it's it's healing so i think we yeah porn as well yeah yeah it's the big industry there's a lot of all of these things to have a negative impact on on our libido in terms of intimacy as well mm-hmm. So about libido in terms of like you know how, what what's the int- intimacy aspect of that as well? How intimate are you being when you are performing sex with your mm-hmm. partner or with your partner? Is it yeah. just an act or is it a
0: whole immersive experience? Mm. Is there anything on like an emotional or psychological level that you recommend? for those that have a low libido to try to identify what does improve their desire? So whether it is like, you know, journaling or meditation or yoga or like specific therapies that can help them to kind of become or reading to kind of help them become in tune with what they actually want?
1: I think that's a great question too. Some people might not know what they want because they've experienced it. So it okay. could be in terms of I'm not sure what I like, but I know what I don't like, so that's also a good start. I don't like this. This mm-hmm. maybe ex- it might be exploring with, either with yourself or with your partner mm-hmm. of things that you know touch sensation, you know different textures, different. Yeah, it could be different things. So I think you know you know working with your partner or working with sex a sex therapist, mm-hmm. um, or if you do have some of these like like mental psychological burdens, so to speak, that might be impacting on your sex your libido working with your practitioner on those if you're though someone that you're like i'm not sure i haven't had any trauma there's nothing wrong i'm not sure i just got a low libido that -hmm. might be just you and that's okay as well so we don't have to think that we need to perform (laughs) if you're happy within yourself and you're you know that's fine i Mm -hmm. just yeah but things to improve it yeah i think definitely spending time with yourself touch yourself what Mm -hmm. do you like what don't you like Talk, talk to your partner Play around, you know, maybe try something new.
0: Yeah. So if you were to recommend three things for someone that is suffering with a low libido, as in like things for them to either change or resources for them to go have a look at, what would you recommend? Um, well, just talking about two, just so I know that there's some great herbs out there
1: that really do improve mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. so so, um, so something like shisandra, which I use yeah. quite a lot in my clinic. I um, didn't so you know that. Yes, yeah, so she's a great herb. She's a liver herb as well. So she does multiple mm-hmm. things. So when we think about, like, libido, we we're talking about, you know, that's like the hormone aspect as well. So, you, mm-hmm. think, you know, like, what does the liver do that's helping with the hormones, um, mm-hmm. is in bile, whatnot. So, like, something like chisandra herb, which you can get in a tea form um, or a practitioner can make it up for you in, in like, a complex. Um, I've given that to quite a lot of my patients and yeah. they don't, I don't tell them what it does, <laughs> and then I'm like, I can tell me what's happened. So like, it's just doing something to liver. Don't worry about it. Exactly. I don't say, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've had people that... It's an adaptation, yeah. Like, oh, my God, I've been really horny. <laughs> yeah. Reported like, Horn. I'm like, yay, this is great. You know, so yeah. this herb, for men and women, this herb's a really good one. But just <laughs> things like just, like, yeah, exactly, liver health, like just getting the body moving. So we mm-hmm. mentioned a little bit about the, the digestive system. So when mm-hmm. I think about... So I always talk to my patients too, something about like a poo high. So if you <laughs> see little kids or animals, like once they've done a poo, they run around and they're
0: really excited. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> so <laughs> that's, you know, that's actually me. I feel like I do. <laughs> yeah. so like I'm going them, like, yes, they go yeah. for the day.
1: So that's like that serotonin being released. You know, we yeah. need serotonin for that bowel motility. So, and then after that, you feel amazing. Like you can yeah. literally to conquer the world. So when we've cleared the bowels and the bowels are working well and the body's working really well, like we feel light, you know, mm-hmm. we've got room to play, we've got room to move, we're feeling really good about ourselves. It's almost the same feeling as having an exercise, you know, doing exercise, but yeah. doing it. so this is kind of where it comes back to that gut health as well. So when things yeah. are working, things are moving nicely, then the body's, you know, naturally producing hormones. It should mm. be they're really We're feeling like mm-hmm. you know, feeling good, but yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some other herbs as well. Sorry, yeah, there's some other herbs like tribulus which is a really good show. yeah, there's some really great like herbs that you could work with a practitioner to. I call it a um B D M That's for men.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well actually on the gut the gut health um point that I actually wanted to bring up was when there's a severe gut condition, like even if it's like severe bloating or constipation or there's a bowel disease or whatever it might be, it takes up so much of your body's caloric intake and even energy intake for you to just switch your digestion on to work properly. And like, it always just then makes me think it's like, cool, Well, whatever that energy was supposed to do in terms of other resources, it doesn't care about right now. All it cares about is just like getting you to break this food down because Like I think it's what seventy to eighty percent of our actual energy intake per day goes towards just making sure digestion's working properly. Mm-hmm. And it's like if your digestion's not working properly, then you you don't have any energy there to support your adrenals to support your libido, or you don't have any energy there to support your hormones to optimize your libido and it you know it feeds into a vicious cycle of every single other system.
1: Definitely, hundred percent and then we don't have the ability to like say like iron levels, for instance, for women. We don't have strong mm. iron levels. Like how are we gonna supposed to build up these neurotransmitters? How are we supposed to build up even our immune system to fight these current recurrent infections and things like that? So this is where gut health really comes back into it as well. Um, neurotransmitters has more and more um studies and research showing that it's coming more so from the gut through the brain than from the brain to the gut. So just mm. getting that gut microbiome really optimal, really healthy. So then we are seamlessly digesting our food we're not thinking about our digestive system it's just working Mm. as it should be what we're eating we're actually absorbing Mm. so yeah and unfortunately not many people are doing this no they're really not and people are coming in for one issue and then we come it always comes back to the gut you know how you know they've always got some gut gut problem going on which then there's always usually a mental health picture happening as well where Mm. does libido sit in this is it a mental health condition or you know where where does it fit in even yeah. everywhere but it's it's all linked so this is that whole body health so yeah even bringing blood flow to the area so you know even sitting in butterfly position as yeah. well is yeah. really lovely you know especially if we've got recurrent infections in, the, in that sort of area but just kind of bringing blood yeah to our reproductive
0: organs. Excellent there's so many different things you can do so thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge today and if anyone wanted to find you, where can they find you? So, yes, I'm practising at Asara
1: Health. So asarahealth.com mm-hmm. um, is the website and on my instagram is ginger tea and stretch it's ginger tea for tom and for nelly stretch
0: perfect and i know you'd mentioned that there's a 10 percent off for initial consults if you do mention the podcast yes so for those that are listening and they need some support with their libido either men or women even for women if they're thinking that their partner might be interested then this is such a good opportunity to work one-on-one with Laura and all of her incredible expertise mm-hmm. uh, so thank you so much for today um, and I will make sure to jot down all of your information in the show notes and the resources as well fantastic thank you so much